Greetings, everybody. Welcome to this moment. Welcome to the precious, infinite magic of now. Welcome, Nathan. Welcome, Kina. When you're entering, you can share where you're from. You can hit the, the wow button, the now button. Welcome, Tracy. Thanks so much for being there, Nathan. I really enjoyed having you there to my right this evening. Rock and roller. That was my first vision was to be a, my first aspiration was to be a rock star. When I was young, people say, what did you want to be when you grow up? The first thing I wanted to be was a rock star. And so I did, right? And so it is. Just had lunch with your daughter, sweet. I'm looking for a, a man named Zulu Flo. So if you could, if you could, uh, if anyone's friends with him, if you could message him and tell him I'm looking for him on Facebook Live right now. Who's actually from, he's from uh, Down Under, Tracy. Welcome, JQ. Meanwhile, if anyone has any questions, anything you want to discuss, we'll just keep it sort of an open space right now. Exploration, stories, jokes, metaphors, uh, poems, deep yearnings, desires, dreams, art, All my Australian friends are, are here. Hi, Ashley. for being here. Are you still in Las Vegas?
back in yeah back in the land of Oz. So we had a beautiful night tonight. Um, Nathan was there, and uh, yeah, the Outback in Asheville. We had a beautiful night. Yeah, I know the crickets, right? It's really quiet where I am. There's this real stillness, particularly in the evenings. That's really sweet. I like to just, it's almost like a natural symphony, you know, like a forest symphony that I really appreciate. And uh, we had our own symphony tonight so I had a did a what I call a workshop because I don't that's what other people call it resting in the stillness from anxiety to inner peace in Asheville it was really beautiful and really sweet really full house of amazing people coming together yearning for adventures less stuff more experiences yes the stillness tonight with the winds Yum, yeah. Yeah, so it was really beautiful. We had, there's a sense of, the whole key is to come together in a field of presence, whether it's in person or even in this space like this, right? To come together in a field of presence and to bring a group of people into this field of presence. And when you're in a field of presence together, that's when the magic and the miracles come into being. That's when the magic and the miracles happen. That's when anything is possible, right? That's when there's no, limit to what's possible. That's where you're resting fully, wholly, and deeply in this field of deep stillness, silence, spaciousness, out of which this creative intelligence arises and moves through you. And it moves through you as an individual, and then it can move through you in a, in a collective group of people in a field of presence as well, like a, like, a, like a unified organism, you know? Prince of Cups. All right, I gotta do something one second. I mean, you may lose me, but let's see what happens. All right, I gotta try to, there he is. Let's flow. There you are. <laughs> I thought we were doing it around my page, so that's yeah. why I was like, where's he at? Where's he at? Yeah, how's it going? going splendidly i'm uh in all the ways that 
you could be that one could be splendid yeah amazing almost like beyond splendid it's like really high level just now present in all of the areas and open and it's almost stupendous stupendously splendiferous and almost in all the ways i say almost because mentally i'm sharp emotionally i'm i'm balanced and i'm feeling great spiritually i'm connected on on path on purpose familially great financially excellent uh but physically i've got a uh, a bulge disc in the neck so that's uh the one area which is is not at 100% but i'm kind of glad that i'm really good in all the other areas because physicality is a really high value for me so i could imagine if i wasn't so great in the other areas i could be really down right now mhm how'd you how'd you get the injury to your neck um there's different uh theories one is that uh, by sleeping on my uh sitting up while i was on a long flight so like com- compress compacting the disc uh the, in between the vertebrae and then there's aggravation from uh from bouldering and indoor indoor climbing as well mm. where where are you uh, i'm in richmond australia melbourne city sweet and the aussies yeah. are on hey, hey, say again i said my aussie friends are on he it's tonight here it's like 11 o'clock here p.m but i see the australian ah, australian yeah. friends around here so it's fun yeah, I can see some. I see Macedo there. Mm-hmm. Lesser existence. Yep. Got some fam. Got some flow fam in here too. It's mm-hmm. nice to see. Yeah. So you're, you're in Asheville right now? I am in Asheville right now. They're commenting on the crickets. They can hear the crickets when there's like a moment of silence. There's crickets outside. Yeah, it's beautiful. Is it like a is it like a massive like that's all you can hear. It's deafening when you step outside. No, or? I wouldn't say it's deafening, but it's there. You know, it's there. You were supposed to come here. It didn't quite, uh, didn't quite work out. I was close. Yeah, I was super close. These these countries are big. You know, like it's like oh, I'm coming to America. Oh, I'm coming to Australia. But it's like these places are so <laughs> a lot of space in between the cities. Yeah, right. A lot yeah. of you could drive for for months. Yeah. So did you grow up in Australia? Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Born in born in Jamaica, um, moved to New Zealand, moved to Australia when I was five years old. And then I lived most of my life in Australia since. And I'm 33 now. And I've spent like a couple of years in the States and a little bit of time and, and a year in New Zealand in between all of that. So pretty much an Aussie. Weren't you in uh, Tasmania for a while? Couple of years, yeah. Have you have you been this way? Nope. Not yet, right? I've been not yet. No, I I came close a few times. I came close a few times. Where did, hasn't, where did you get to? I got came to, close uh, as in almost got on the plane, or came close like you were in New Zealand or Indonesia I came or somewhere. Close, or... Like psychologically, <laughs> emotionally, <laughs> to being there. I also was in Bali, which is which is about as close as I got geographically. Um, but yeah, no, I haven't been there yet. I think we might have to get you down here for the next Ahimsa festival, which we recently ran. Okay. I'm in. um, On the weekend. Yeah. We might have to bring you down for that for sure. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I'm in. I'm down. Souls. And your your mom lives in like a really interesting place, like in the in the states. She, she, she lives in the Gullah region, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is it's on like on the coast in the South Carolina. It's on the coast in South Carolina, and apparently there's like no electricity or running water. No. And she loves that off. She loves that off the grid stuff. Yeah, yeah, off the grid, and she's. Um, I think they they've retained their own language there, so this yep. they're 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 um, of African descent, and like they've retained their own culture and their own language on this island, off the coast of South Carolina, and their own like like uh, they have their own style of dress and dance and I guess food. You know, yep. it's it's really rich. Have uh, have you spent much time down there? Zero, zero. I don't. I don't think hardly anybody has. Like it's like kind of like an unknown secret, you know. Mm. But somehow she mm. wrote me, and she's like, "I want you to come visit." And I, I actually remember <laughs> it now because I kind of forgot about it. But this was like maybe like a year or two ago, and I was like, "Wow, that's that's awesome." You know, I'd love to do that. So I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to make a attention to make that happen. It's not far from you, right? How, what kind of? I mean, it's a lot farther than something? Melbourne, Australia. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, a lot closer. Sorry, a lot closer than Melbourne, Australia. Um, yeah, no, it's only like a, I don't know exactly where it is. I think it's like a remote part of the state, but I'm going to guess like maybe like a six-hour drive or something. Not too far at all. Yeah. Yeah. Not too far at all. Yeah. So what have what have you been up to lately, man? You're you're always doing stuff, which is amazing. Like like valuable. I see all the, all the stuff you're doing. People are, are leaving whenever you interact with them uh, in a you know glowing and more connected <laughs> and, and, and and more. Well, it's called the big glow, right? The movement. So like it's uh yeah. I'm always I'm always intrigued with what you're up to and what you're actually doing when you're with people because just the impact that I see from people's responses just seems to be quite, uh, quite effective and, and meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good word. I think that's what I'm striving. That's my intention now is like for how I'm spending my time to be valuable. That's like a really good way of saying it, you know, like what am I doing throughout the day? Is this valuable? You know, yes or no. And, and like having like more and more of what I do be valuable and less and less of what I do be not valuable. Um, <laughs> so either valuable to myself or to someone else. I mean, ideally, I think when it when it impacts more people positively, um, that's that's even that's more value than if it impacts me positively. Then there's also the self care element. You know, you got to take care of yourself, so that's valuable. Um, but we actually had an event tonight. In um, oh, that's so sweet. It says he truly lives in the moment. I have experienced it truly wonderful. Yeah, we, we um, yeah, thank you for that. Say this. I saw her in uh, Sedona. I saw her a few times, but I saw her in Sedona when I first saw her in person. And it was weird. Speaking of the flow state, we're going to talk about the flow state. There was this feeling of being in the flow state, you know. Um, but we had an event tonight in Asheville, which was really sweet. The Nathan, who's here, he was there. And um, just it was called resting in the stillness from anxiety to inner peace and just bringing people into the now really, you know, like bringing people, I was talking about like being present, like, where is it happening? 
it's all happening right now. There's nothing ever that's, that's, that's not happening right now. You know, it's, it's all here now. And I love, I love that. I love that you, you described now as a, like with the, as where it's like, where is it happening? It's, it's, it's now. It's not like, it's not like a time. It's out of time almost. It's, it's a position. It's, it's almost geographical, right? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Where is the now? Here is the now. Here is the now. It could never be somewhere else. It's not right now. Like it doesn't make any sense. You know, it's like always right now. <laughs> so the whole thing is like, what seems so complex then suddenly becomes so simple. It's like all mm. I all I need to do is just be present now, and that opens up the whole universe, you know. Mm. Where if you're in a state of resisting the now, for whatever reason you think that you should or you need to or you it's this this now is wrong, this now isn't right, this is the wrong kind of wrong kind of now, then then you're then you're closed off to the magic and miracle of of life, you know, and of the universe. So. Mm. That's what I feel like we delved into tonight. It was a really beautiful group of people, really beautiful energy in the space. And um, and then exploring, like, who are we really? You know, who are we really? And um, what is it? Another question we're going into is, what is it that's changing? And what is it that's unchanging? So we explore what is it that's changing, what is it that's unchanging? Um, so this is questions that you would that you would offer to the audience correct to, to explore correct like within within groups or within themselves and write down or how, how did that work yeah uh thanks christopher yeah we um it's like um we're sitting in kind of like i like to be in like a in a circle this was maybe maybe more like a square <laughs> it wasn't a perfect circle but we're kind of in a yeah, circle yeah. Because this was in a private residence, so we're kind of filling like the living room space. And um, what's what's I've kind of in a space now where it's like, like it was like 15 minutes before it's supposed to begin, and I'm like, I have no idea what's what's gonna what we're gonna do, what's gonna happen, or you know, so no it's really problem. being it's like experientially not just talking about being in the now, being in the flow state, but uh, but experientially being in it you know, and inviting people into that space together. So it becomes a co-creative mm -hmm. event. I feel that it's like, it's, it's actually really similar to as a musical artist. I feel like the really great musical artists, they're, they're feeding off the audience. The audience is feeding off of them, right? So when mm -hmm. it's really flowing, it's like a co-creative experience. It's like, mm -hmm. you're listening to what the audience wants, you know, so to speak, and you're giving them that. And they're listening to you, and again, it's like this, this, this. It's like you become like one organism, you know. Um, so that's what I feel. It's like the same thing. It's the same kind of idea of like tuning into the tuning into the group. The group you're feeling the group. The group's feeling you. Something really magical and, and miraculous is being co-created together through the space. It's like every word is being channeled, you know. Mm. So, and it's all, it's almost. It's like you you become the audience too because whatever whatever is coming through you and out of you is 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 new to you. It's not pre-planned. It's not something you had in in the, in the vault. You're like you're actually actively experiencing the the creation of whatever is being created in the moment. 
Exactly. And, and that's one of the, once, that's the place I love to live. That's, that's the place for me more and more that I'm connecting to more and more. It's like, well, if I'm in a session with a client right here, right now with you, I'm, everything that's coming out is like, I'm, I'm witness to it too. I'm witness to, this is exactly. fresh, brand new. And this actually, this concept, because, because I'm a freestyle rapper, I, you know, I've yeah. been freestyling like rhymes for, for 20 years now. And, and people will often say to me, I could never do that. Or how do you do that? And they're blown away. I'm like, well, when you wake up in the morning and do you do you pre-plan what you're gonna the conversation you're gonna have that's like everyone freestyles you know every, everyone is in that moment so it is accessible to to everybody you don't need to to you know have a vault of pre-prepared stuff in order to actively engage in the experience of life yeah and more and more that's that's what it happens like more and more the kind of trying to pre it's fine to have a plan or fine to have whatever but but you can't that's not where you're living from anymore you know it's like that it's mm. like you're, you're living from the moment and the moment's guiding you where to go so it's like this is the flow state right this is the flow state mm. it's like the flow state is like really being fully immersed in the present moment and then this moment and then this moment and this moment guides you to this moment this moment guides you to this moment this moment guides you to this moment and you're just flowing and this is what i feel is really inspiring about this podcast movement so you know like you know you're you're delving into it i'm delving into it and i think you know what i think is really exciting about it is just this it's like it's not about like having this big scripted thing or let me these are all the questions it's like just being totally in the moment and allowing a a really flowing um, conversation and dialogue to happen from a field of presence together and um, seeing what happens, you know, seeing, seeing what comes through. And I think people are really longing for this, these kind of conversations. And it's real too, man. Like often, oftentimes, Hey, I'll introduce myself to someone. Hey, I'm Zulu. Um, you know, what's your name? whatever it might be. Yep. The name that's kind of pre-planned. Obviously you've had, you have a name, <laughs> but, but, but then it's like, maybe they give you a new name. I'll, yeah. Right. I'll, I'll ask them that maybe they give me a name. That, I have no idea if they're telling me the truth. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to believe them. But uh, it's, it's interesting the responses I get because I'll, I'll say what's on my mind at the time. So I might be thinking oftentimes it's, it's, guided by my values obviously what's important to me i'm going to be talking about thinking about all the time and what's important to me is things like mindfulness is things like purpose is things like how you know this value that we're talking about what value are you bringing to the world what value are you receiving so i'm asking questions like what are your dreams and aspirations like when i just meet somebody and like, shouldn't you be asking me what do i do <laughs> you know like these normal questions that the people are used to and I'm like not interested in that. I'm interested in what what is the thing that sets you alight? What is, you know, this is what are you experiencing right now? How are you feeling? Oh, yeah. I'm good. I'm like that doesn't tell me much, you know. So like, how what what are you experiencing right now? I'm I'm interested in in knowing like a kind of a deep intimacy when I meet somebody and and really understanding why they came to Earth in the first place. And if they don't know, at least that those questions might spark some sort of reminder or recognition uh, of that, you know. So. It is, it is always 
a wonder and a pleasure to to witness the different responses because then when you meet people who are like just all about it they're like they're straight in there like yes finally someone's asking me a real question you know that's when that that your vibe attracts your tribe type of deal you know your vibe attracts your tribe i love that yeah. but that's you know that's like mercedes saying let's ask profound questions that you know definitely encourage that's something i encourage more of and and it's being the change isn't it it's like do, do you remember the the first time that you decided actually i'm going to share some of the the insights some of the yeah. experiences and wisdom that you received yep what was that uh, experience like for you um i would say for me it's been like over 10 years now that because i i was back in the days and i think i know mercedes i think we knew each other from then the myspace days i think i go back that far <laughs> you know we started to yeah, share stuff remember. on there and um i think there, there's a feeling of it's like you know like anything that you're stretching yourself into new territory it's it's partly scary partly exciting um but I feel that those things go together. You know, my feeling is that something is not exciting if it's not a little bit scary. You know, that that's yeah. the thing that people don't people don't get. It's like, oh, it's scary. Well, it's that's of course. But the other side of that is excitement, right? Like a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what makes it exciting. Is it's a little bit scary. So that was the feeling and, going in that space. And was it was it like you've had mentors and like I was just curious what it was like for you in terms of like you have stuff within you whether it's insight whether it's le learnings whether it's knowledge whether it's principles that have worked and helped you or helped those around you and then the actual urge to share it with others uh yeah I'm curious because for me it was like I remember myself saying after a Vipassana course that I did in 2008 um, because before that I was just, I was practicing Qigong. I was practicing a little bit meditation and it was helping me, but I was never even thinking about sharing with people. It was just like, okay, cool. This is cool uh, stuff. Actually a little bit before that, but that was more coaching in, ter in terms of mindfulness itself. And, you know, then started, you know, that was my access, my access point into flow and, even before that, obviously I've been rapping and that was an access point into flow, but I never thought about sharing it with other people. But I remember distinctly after, after the first ever Vipassana course that I did, I've done 10 since, but the first one, I remember a lot of my friends, a lot of people who were there were asking me, what was it like? Like, how was it? You know, people have heard about Vipassana, 10 days of silence. I could never do that. All these kind of, what was it like? They're, they're really interested in, and my only response was, everyone needs to do this. Mm. <laughs> That's all I could say. I was like, I didn't even have words. I was like, I can't even have words. Just everyone needs to do this. This is, needs to be compulsory in schools across the worldwide. This needs to be compulsory in, in workplaces, in sporting clubs, in, in households. This, 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 if there's anything that needs to be compulsory, it's this presence practice. And I remember saying this over and over again, at least a hundred times when people would ask me, how was Vipassana? What was it like? And then I thought, well, nobody else other than me is actually going to, to implement this idea of everyone needs to do it. So I decided to start teaching. I started to go in deep on, on Qigong and go, well, 
I got so much benefit from it. That the reason why I was like, everyone needs to do this was because it was like, whoa, I can, there's so much space for me to think. There's so much space for me to be, to express, to understand what I am, what I'm feeling, what is now as we're coming back into the now and having that connection with now, what is happening now? Because Vipassana is all about what is happening now. Yeah. What is, what is now? <laughs> what is happening now? What are you experiencing? And not getting attached to it, not being averse to it, not yeah. pushing it away if it's painful and unwanted, not clinging to it if it's beautiful and blissful, yep. but just observing and understanding that this, will, this too will change. The observer is the part that doesn't change. That's the unchanging Right, that's self. the unchanging. So... You know, I was like, everyone needs to experience this because this is the thing that will, I, I had like, I didn't even know why, but it was the understanding that if everyone did this, the world would be a much lovelier place to be yeah. in. in terms of, not just for me enjoying it or my children enjoying it, but for everyone else who I see around who's very sympathetic, dominant with the nervous system, very stressful, highly tension, all, all of the the mental illness, just the look at, around at the world, the environmental craziness that happens, the inequality that happens, all of that would diminish if everyone could just experience it now and enjoy it without any clinging or, or aversion. It really, it's it, really, it's the root of suffering, you know, it's, it's the root of suffering. And it also, I think it gets to that question that really question I ask is who are you really, you know, so you get to it being present, being in a state of mindfulness, meditate, whatever you, these different these different methodologies are all coming into a deeper space of self awareness, which is all coming into a deeper space of self realization. You know, so you have the mm -hmm. sense of um, all these ideas and stories we have about ourselves that we get attached, identify with. You know, we create this separation. Well, I'm this, so you're that, and I'm this, and you're that. So we're we're different. You're you know, and then there's like we we. Um, we want to be that. We want to. We want to. Then we fear. We fear what's the other. We fear what's separate than us. What's different than us. And um, I think this path of self-realization it allows us to transcend this illusionary sense of identification to these stories, and allows us to transcend this illusionary sense of separation, and allows us to open to the to the the universal essence. You know, the oneness, the, the divinity that's in that's in me, that's in you, that's in all things. Not just like in a mental or intellectual sense, but in a in an actual experiential way, you know, in a way of of, of awakening the consciousness. And um, yeah, like when you when you get a taste of that, it's like yeah, you want to like tell everybody. <laughs> it's like that, right? I I felt almost like uh like having the the ring in Lord of the Rings. Like uh -huh. if if I if I have this kind of superpower, I'm. If I keep it to myself, I feel a little bit like I'm going to turn into Gollum, you know, <laughs> I'm going to turn into like, just like be sapped by this power. But if I share it, then it almost feels like a duty, like that Bodhisattva yep. kind yep. of, you know, it's just like, well, if I've seen the, the oasis, you know, everyone else is walking in the desert, walking and being, you know, really thirsty, really kind of trudgery, really suffering. And I like, there's a, there's this oasis over here. Like I'm, I feel this always, I feel this pull to it and I go and I find it, I go down and there's actually water, there's fruit, there's birds, there's, there's life, there's life force down there. Yeah. And I go and take a partake of it. If I'm just down there partaking of it, that's fine. Some people are going to do that and just go and partake of it. And that's fine. But for me, I feel a duty to go back to the caravan and tell, Hey, everybody, there's this oasis down here. You don't need to, to suffer in this trudgery or this heat and this dryness and this, this pain. 
um, you can actually come with me, come, come and check it out and I'll take you there. You guys can stay there if you want, or you can come with me and, and we'll go and tell more of the, the people who are suffering. But yeah, I don't know if that's, uh, if that is kind of, if everyone, it's not for everyone necessarily. It's like some people just want to go and partake of it and that's cool. I don't, I don't have anything against that. Uh, but for me, it just felt like this, this inner urge where I'm like, well, everyone needs to do this. And at first I didn't do anything about it, but then I'm like, well, actually, if, so, if this is going to be, ha if this is going to be a reality, then nobody else other than me can actually do it, can do anything about it. Only I can, can create the change that I, um, that is being downloaded through me or that is being gifted to me when I am open, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's where it gets interesting is like, Okay, I want to I want to tell everyone about this, but I, I said that in kind of a fun poetic way. But really, it's like I want to embody this and ground this in myself for everyone else, and, yeah. and use words and talk about it. But that's the most essential, most essential element. And I was thinking about it, when you're talking about it, it's like this realization of oneness is you realize that like we're a part, we're basically like a part of one body. You know, like we're, we're cells in one body right yeah and so it's like you start to you start to get this awakening to who you really are you get the self-realization comes into being and it's like there's just this natural movement to care for the rest of your body you know does that does that, does that resonate for you 100 percent, 100 percent, more and more as well because the especially with my children because I have children and, and I'm a big believer in that, that we are all individual cells or selves, if you, if you will, cells or cells in the body of humanity. So this overarching body, if you imagine a body like our physical body, there's cells and each cell is an individual self, if you will, in the body of humanity. And if we are, if we are kind of a sick cell, if we're sick, if we're, almost taking on too much toxins or if we take you know the toxins of the mind like which will be negative thought patterns negative beliefs this type of stuff and we become sick then other will we'll draw that that's the vibe attracting your tribe and we'll we'll be attracting this other kind of negativity around us because that's what will gravitate towards us and the same will happen as well if we are dedicated to our own cellular or self-ular uh, health then we will start attracting also the the other healthy cells around us and and what happens when a when a cell gets sick other healthy cells go towards it to try to fix it up right to try to go and make it healthy again because it's, yeah. it's taking down the, taking down the health of the whole organism the humanity organism and for me especially with my children but especially with my clients as well especially because with qigong it's very much about direct transmission so it's very much, you, uh, whether it's coaching, whether it's also like hypnosis, they have a, a principle in there, which is you go first, which means you can't uh, induce a state in another unless you're in that state also. Right. So it's the same deal. If I can't, you know, I, have you ever practiced a Vipassana? You done a Vipassana course before? I haven't done the full, the full Vipassana, no, but I definitely, you know, yeah. the meditation well, the style is done. So with that, when you do it the first time you you're like a new student and you sit at the back and you watch all the old students who have done it before at the front and when you do it the first time you're like oh my you're looking up the front and going these guys do not move a muscle for the whole hour 
they're just like statues and you're, you're looking at them going, ah, you should, our eyes shouldn't even be open at the, really at the back. You're supposed to close for the whole hour, but you watch them. And then when you do come back the second time and you have to embody the practice, you become like that statue too. You don't open your eyes. You don't open your hands. You don't open your legs. You don't move and you're upright and present the whole time. And it just brings a whole new level of, okay, now you're giving the direct transmission to the new guys who are coming through and learning yeah. from you. So in that, when you're in that teacher role or in that mentor role or that coach role or that whatever it is that you're being, for me, it's the role model of, uh, for my children, but also for all those around me, that it's become super important that I am living, I'm walking the talk. I'm embodying whatever it is I'm talking about. And now, and I imagine it must be, or yeah, I imagine it could be similar for you in terms of, because I see you do a lot of speaking gigs, a lot of talking from stage, uh, which is what I'm moving into more of now. And now I'm actually talking a lot more, you know, I'm talking on camera here, I'm talking on podcasts. Yeah. But when I'm on stage, sharing my story, sharing the principles that I believe in sharing, you know, essentially trying to influence people to practice more of this and experience more of this. Now it's becoming apparent. Now I'm like, actually I'm talking now. I really, really, really have to take that walk to a whole new level because you know, people will feel it, you know, and my kids will feel it too. If I'm, if, if I am sitting and meditating or sitting with my kids and meditating or really present, they're calm, they're happy, they're chill. If I'm, if I'm holding, if I'm tense, if I'm uh, distracted and not present, they're going to be going crazy. And you really see it in, the, in that, you know, in, in the effect of children, because I feel that children have the hypersensitivity. We all do, but when the kid, it's not conditioned out of us when we're children. And we, and we can really see the effect uh, that, you know, <laughs> often people will give me their babies and they'll like, stop crying. Or, you know, the kids will be like, oh, crazy. I'll come in and just, just be with them and they'll just relax and, and calm out a bit, you know. So that embodiment piece is huge and I 100% agree. I am, I'm, I'm curious about your journey with your children and the journey of, of fatherhood and what that's, how that's informed your journey how that's informed your spiritual journey. And I feel like there was like a period where you were kind of like a, a bit estranged from your children. Is that right? And then you kind of came. Uh, for a few, there was three or four months, a little bit when I moved back to Melbourne. Um, but for me, the, this is something that has been a reality for me that before children, before I had these, you know, these two kids come through and um, I pretty much, like there was no really inspiration. Like I, I, I could do like the survival, I could survive and get by and be independent. And, but there was not the level of, how would you call it? It would be. Inspiration. The word would be, the word would, similar to inspiration would be like, I'm inspired, but it's also like the urge to extend myself for another yeah yeah which yeah which what i which i would call like to to love you know that mm -hmm. that for me is love it's like yeah i'm sort of just look out for me and that's all i worry about but now i have children i'm like well actually now i have this definite urge to to build and create stuff which i never would have thought about like i'm like yeah i'm eating i've got my basic needs met i can i can experience flow i can yeah, I work with clients and 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 
teach and and mentor and stuff but it wasn't there wasn't a massive kind of influence uh, inspiration to do much more than the basic level but now that i have kids I'm, and then i look back at my childhood and the things i did not have and the things i wish i would have had and and i look like i never thought about things like building a house or or um you know investing uh in in like building these these dreams of mine. It's like, yeah, I had the dreams, but I wasn't that kind of enthused about them. But now that I have children, nearly every one of my actions is based around something that will be able to help them to, to enjoy a, a more, uh, just a, an enjoyable life, a comfortable life, a, a life where they have opportunity. And that also kind of co coincided around the time that they were born just before they were born actually it's like my soul already knew and was preparing but just before they were born i was really getting clear on my purpose here and what i actually came here to do so that was an interesting piece like okay cool i was i was doing music i was i was uh, deep in the pharmaceutical world in the in the under in the underworld and then I was like actually no, this is fun this is not really not what I came here to do um and then I got really clear on what is my highest values which are mindfulness which is coaching which is traveling which is physical movement uh and also sharing as well uh, all of these principles and and sharing my story and inspiring, being vulnerable, all of these types of things. And when I got really clear on that was around the time that I had my first child. So it coincided really nicely uh, with bringing them through. And so they kind of feed one another. It's like every one of my actions, almost every one of my thoughts, words and actions are based on, on me living my highest values. And my family is not necessarily on the highest values, but they are a massive motivator for me to get out of bed and actually do anything other than the basics. Yeah. I mean, it feels like the, 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 I'm a father too. And it feels like it's an, I mean, to put it really simply, it feels like it's an inspiration to be a better person. You know, it's kind of, you can mm -hmm. just kind of doing your own thing. Then you have this child and it's like, Whoa, I got to step my game up. You know, I got to take it, yeah. you know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I got to do better, be better, be the best, be the best man I can be. I think the same thing happens with a, with a partner sometimes with a, with a, with a girlfriend or a wife, or if you're, you know, whatever, whoever it is, man or woman, um, that, that, that can inspire us to go to higher levels. So I think, um, if we do it for ourselves is generally not enough, actually, like it, there's not enough inspiration. But if, it, but if you bring in like a son or a daughter or a wife or a husband or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or your father or your mother or the world, you know, then mm. you get this like this inspiration. In fact, um, this workshop that I taught the other night, there's these four principles of, of moving from anxiety to inner peace. And I used, I used to have three, but I added this fourth one. And the fourth one, because this, this was just by noticing what, what was working for people, what was making people open and shift and expand. And the fourth one was the inspiration to transcend, which is exactly this. The inspiration to transcend comes from someone else, someone that you love, someone that you care about, the beyond just yourself. You know, so what, was the, what was the first three? The first one is, um, yeah, thanks for that question. 
the first one is um, the breath and the body. So being aware of your breath, you're breathing deeply um, and being aware of your body, if your body's tight, if your body is relaxed. Breath is huge. I mean, breath is so, I, mean, I can't emphasize enough on a practical climatic level how important the breath is. And it's like so, it's like there all the time and we're just not aware of it. We don't utilize it. We don't pay attention to it. We just, you know, we're just breathing shallowly into the, you know, really shallowly. What are the, what are the, what are the, if we were to like, I don't know, there's five to 10 things that may seem of import to people and breath is included on that list. Where do you feel breath would sit on most people's, you know, where, where would they put that? On I, don't know, list? I don't know where it sits on their list. It probably wouldn't even be on the average person's list at all. Like, of course, people that mm. are tuning into mindfulness and yoga, they have, they may have some sense of it, but the average person, if you'd say what make what would make a big difference in your life, they wouldn't say breathing. <laughs> they take it for granted that they breathe, you know. But right. as far as like the importance of it, if it's if I'm trying to reach somebody, like if if it's something that I'm trying to approach in a in a kind of spiritual metaphysical way, then the most important thing is who are you really? To me, that's the most important thing, knowing who you really are. But if I'm trying to reach somebody, like if I'm trying to approach, which I did this past weekend, this event kind of approach from more of a pragmatic practical way then breath is number one you know because everybody can yeah, without, breath. without breath without breath who are you yeah you're, you're dead <laughs> and most people are half dead you know because they're not breathing so it's like yeah. take you know breathe notice your breath you're breathing breathing into your the depth of your stomach your chest it, it made a huge difference in my life. I was reading all these books and studying all these different things. Hey, Robin. On, hey Robin. Um, on holistic um, wellness. You know, I had chronic fatigue syndrome in my 20s, and it was this chronic thing, and I didn't – doctors weren't giving me any answers. And a lot of different things made a difference. So, so there was many, many different things that I tried that made a difference. It was kind of like a, a whole plan, you know, like a holistic plan. But one of the fundamental things that made a difference was I read a book on breathing. And it was just about was breathing, like Dan how Brule? to breathe deeply. What was that? Was it Dan Brule's book? I don't, I don't remember the author. Yeah, I don't remember the author. I don't even remember the title. I just remember the guy was talking about breathing and how if you breathe deeply, um, it opens up the system and oxygenates the body and allows for healing and whatever the system relaxes and and when the body's relaxed, it brings healing, reduces stress. He's like, all these things, you know, from, from, from breathing. And um, it was just, it was really a big awakening for me around the breath. And I would, I would just kind of start to pay attention to my breath, like, you know, med breathing meditations and paying attention to my breath when I'd fall asleep. And also in the, in the, when you're in the heat of something. So if you're starting, if you're in a, a, a conversation that turns really heated or turns tense, you know, that's when you really tune in. Where's my breath? You know, mm -hmm. in the moment. You know, and, and and if you breathe, you can get centered, and be and be present with with, with, with what's arising. Hundred percent. And there's so I agree. And that's the breath from for me came about from the first time I practiced qigong, which was uh, two thousand, and that that came about as as a result of me watching cartoons, uh, Dragon Ball Z in the morning, every, every morning I was watching that and uh, I wanted to know how to create energy balls. I was like, this is a thing. I jumped online. I 
I found some some qigong exercises and they're talking about the breath and how important the breath is and one of the things that I remember reading was that the that we the human body can survive for for about 3 weeks without food can survive for about 3 days without water but yeah. about 3 minutes for the average person yeah. unless you unless you're David Blaine <laughs> and um so when I when I read that, I was like, oh, it's true. And it just clicked in. And then not long after that, it must have been a month or less after that, I was reading a, a book by Anthony Robbins and he was talking about the power of breath and, yep. and this this one four two breathing and that how most of our toxins in our body, you know, I think it's twenty percent get released through through the sweat, ten uh, percent gets released through the urine and the feces, and seventy percent gets released through the lungs and the breath. And and I was like, oh, okay, there's power in that. And I, I've been practicing this one, four, two breathing, which is a ratio of, you know, in for one count, hold for four counts, exhale for two counts. And so that might be four, 16, eight, you know, breathe in for four, hold for 16, breathe out for eight, might be breathing for 10, hold for 40, breathe out for 20. So on. that's the, the ratio. But this is something I've been doing every morning since then, since 2000, when I read it, when I wake up, I'm like, first and foremost i'm like this is happening again i'm just so blown away <laughs> i'm just so blown away by the fact that i got to wake up again in this whatever this is life and um so this this is first, and foremost, <laughs> first and foremost there's this like moment of oh shit here we go again and uh there's gratitude in that as well but then i breathe instantly i breathe i do the one four two breathing and I've never, since then, I think even at that age, 15, 14, 15, I was drinking a little bit coffee. Uh, but after this breathing, I never had to have coffee ever again. I've never been a coffee drinker because I'm so energized. My cells are detoxed. My cells are alive. As soon as I've done 10 of these breaths, even five of them, I'm ready to go. My brain's oxygenated. All my cells are oxygenated. I'm ready to go. And, and from that, I just realized the importance of the breath. And I love those things where this is kind of a flow hack, if you will, if we're talking how to get into flow, right. breath is number one. And, and num even before that, like you said, is knowing who you are and what you are, yeah. knowing where you are, you know, and, and when we, I, I feel that breath is one of the fastest access points into the moment. Yeah, for sure. Cause the breath is always happening now in the moment. Yeah. So that was, that was a powerful and then, yeah, so when did you read the book on the breath? And was that during the, the chronic fatigue stage? Yep, yep, that was in my, that was in my 20s. So I read that. I, I dealt, that's when I, so much was opening for me. I, I didn't grow up with um, consciousness, quote unquote. You know, I grew up in a very kind of mainstream, you know, whatever situation. And so it wasn't until I was talking about this earlier tonight, it wasn't until I had this illness that it gave me the, um, well, I felt like I had no choice. I had to find out, you know, what was going on and how, 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 to, how to cure, how to deal with, how to address what was happening for me. And the, the mainstream medical system wasn't giving any answers. So it forced me to kind of look for um, paths of holistic healing. And so explored a lot of different things. And then it's like you end up with the simplest, most basic thing of all, which is the most powerful, you know, breathing. Simple, right? Yeah. And is, is that something that you, 
like for instance you were in in this uh, event in, sitting in the squared circle the square circle today. yeah uh, is that something that you drop people into? You get people breathing because I know I, I know I've seen some of the big glow. I've seen some of the big glow TVs, and one of the first things you do within the first ten minutes is just drop into the now. Yeah, have people. Yeah, so so um, it's always different, you know. It's like feeling the space. So so Sunday night when I was in this little town in West Virginia, we did do like fifteen minutes of just straight breath work, and that was just to give them a taste. Tomorrow night we're going to do over an hour. Of breath work uh, in Atlanta and then tonight um, it was just an invitation for like a more of an open meditation but there wasn't an invitation to pay attention to the breath and the breathe deeply yeah yeah beautiful what and what other I guess uh, I, I like I like principles but I also like practically Know, principles that can be practically applied so this is why it's like all right we have a principle that uh, says you know how we do anything is how we do everything that might be a principle and it's like well that's all great theory is great but I, I feel an ounce of action is worth a ton of theory so it's like for, for you it's I, I, I guess what I'm asking is for you to just name maybe three or four flow principles and then how how we can apply those principles in, in actual real world. To getting into the flow state. Mm. I think um, the breath, um, also tuning to the body, what's happening in my body, you know, and a lot of times people are avoiding what's happening in their body because what's happening in their body doesn't feel good. You know, so we want to, we want to, we want to, we want to avoid it. But, but actually, you know, there's a quote I was thinking of Rumi. There's a quote from Rumi I was thinking of tonight. And the quote is, the cure for the pain is in the pain. <laughs> the cure for the pain is in the pain. So it's so true. It's like when, when it's actually when we're really present without resisting the pain, whether it's physical pain or emotional pain or whatever the kind of pain it is. It's like that's when it has the potential to, to, to move. You know, that's when the healing mm. can can begin. So mm. I think that people have a lot of people have shut off that to their body for so long that they're afraid to like open up to feeling what's happening in the body. Um, but mm. exactly what you said is is totally right. You said it really beautifully. It's like being able to be aware of what's happening without trying to judge it or change it or move it or resist it or make it better or work. there, there could be a place for those things, but not, not in this, like this exercise is just totally being with what is and just being present with what is, and that's it. Um, mm. So, um, so that's, that's another, and then um, what's happening right now. So tuning into the senses is a great way to be in the flow state. So what are you hearing right now? You can hear the crickets. Yeah. Can you hear them? Anyway, they're here. Yeah. <laughs> they're in the space. So if, I had, if I had my if I had my headphones on, I could probably hear them. Yeah, but you can you can you tune into what's happening right now. So what what do I hear? What do I see? Um, what do I feel? All the senses in the moment, and that brings you out of your head and in, and into the moment. And the the gateway to the flow state is through the moment, right? It's the only way to enter 
the flow state is through this moment. So what's happening right now? And then I think the other one that I, that I talked about for this anxiety inner peace is just realizing the story as a story, which is huge. I mean, when you start to, when you start to tap into all the things that you thought were true, that you thought were real, and you start to realize that all these things you thought that were, this is true, this is real, this is, it's all just story. You know, it's all just a story. And then when you start to realize it's a story and who, who made the story, you know, we made the stories. So then we can recreate, once you realize it's a story, we can recreate the story to create whatever, mm -hmm. whatever story we want to create. So what's a, what's a, I guess like an easy way to, to recreate a story? Or what, first of all, to notice the story and, and notice it as a story, what's a, a good indicator that actually this is just a story I'm telling myself? And is it, is it in that moment that you get to go, oh, once you realize it is a story, then it's like, all right, what is it asking yourself a question? Or like, yeah, what's the specifics of the, of the action that is entailed in first recognizing, first being aware of, recognizing, and then retelling the story? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I feel like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to go like really deep, really fast. I'm, I'm a little crazy, but my feeling is that it's all story. All of it. Yeah. hundred percent. So that, I agree. that in a way that makes it actually really easy. So then there's like mm. oh, everything I'm noticing is a story. I don't have to discern like, is this real or fake? You know, is it, no, it's all story, you know? It's like um, if it has a if it has a beginning, middle, and an end, it's a story, you know. <laughs> and so you just recognize it's a story, and then do you like the story? Do you want to create a different story? You know, you start to so um, that that opens up that potential opens up when you realize that what you're experiencing is a story, you know, and it's not some objective reality. Yeah. Mm. What about for well, you? Do you? Do you have like so for a, me like for for me the what well, finish your question? No, yeah. Do you have principles that 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 that, that you find valuable in this regard? Um, or entry points. Well, the the idea of mindfulness, I guess, is a really powerful one for me. Yeah. And, and the idea, and looking at mindfulness as a three part process. Uh, and and the and the three parts being that the first part being sensory acuity, as we mentioned, being aware of yeah. what where the sensations are. Yeah. And the acuity, the accuracy, the the it's not we're not we're not telling a story on the sensation. We're just observing the sensation, right. and understanding what it is the sensation, and and in that in that knowing that also it is knowing that it will come, it will go. Yeah. And, and what, what is will soon not be. Yeah. Hey, Michelle. And um, so that's, that's one, one aspect that really works. And then also the idea of concentration. So being able to concentrate and, and focus on one thing or to, to put our minds on one idea, one focus and, and without, worrying about anything else and not allowing ourselves to skitter and be like, Oh, this, and then that I want to change. This is that idea of wanting to change things or wanting to, yeah. to get away from. You yeah. know? So if we were able to just concentrate and be with, 
this is the idea of mindfulness for me. So, and then the last part is the equanimity, realizing that actually I don't have to judge this. It's not good. It's not bad. It is all, you know, when, when we can cultivate this for me is super helpful, especially because dealing with anxiety, social anxiety, depression, all this kind of stuff. Um, at the moment, it's physical pain. I've got, I've got nerve pain. I've got pain in my arm right now. And, and it's uh, it can be like, it can get me down and depressed because of this story that identity that I have of being a really into movement, you know, it's a high value for me for sure, but that's also a story as well. But it's, um, I could look at that and say, oh, I'm so depressed. I can't move. You know, I'm, I'm really sad right now. Instead, what I can do also is look at this pain and just use it as another another entry point into right. the presence, into yep. mindfulness, into go, okay, it is what it is. I don't have, don't have to mean anything. And, and people can often get, myself involved included, can be like, what does this mean? What is the, the deeper story, the deeper meaning? That's all fun and cool too, to really tap into what is the message here and listen in. But for me, that's another access point to, to that soul. You know, it's really going, actually, what is it trying to tell me? Maybe it's just, yeah. I'm like, oh, it's nervous. Okay, maybe I'm nervous around something. Okay, it's um, slow down because I need to rest right now. Maybe I'm going a little bit too hard. Yeah. Whatever it might be, but not, not being like, ah, oh, this means something that is unresourceful. For me, I, I prefer resourcefulness. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. more beneficial for me and those around me and especially the fact I've got children, I've got tons of clients who are counting on me. I've got, you know, business that I run, I've got, I got staff. So it's, uh, yeah, unresourceful states and not, they're not going to be good for, for really anyone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, a, there's another layer to this. It's really interesting, which is that you have a pain in your arm and then it's like, what does this mean? Right. And then there's this other layer of, what what do you want it to mean you know yeah. does it does it mean does it mean this just this one thing and if you find this one thing that it means like that's all it ever means is all it's going to mean or is it like you know this is kind of what i've been exploring is goes back to the story like what story do you want to create about your arm mm -hmm. you know like is is this a is this a curse is this a does this mean like you know god hates you or whatever or is this a hindrance? Yeah. Or is this an opportunity for whatever, fill in the blank? Is it an opportunity for something to learn and grow and evolve and or whatever? Is it is it is it an opportunity for something and to, and to create that story of what that is for yourself? In in that idea of story as well, is it uh you're you're a writer, right? You write yeah. often. Yeah. And um, that is I guess another practice. I don't know what the principle would be there. The principle is that it, there's insight, I guess, or sharing. And because I guess if it's in, it feels like it's in the mind, it's inside you. There's a story that wants to come out. There's this idea of, there's a story within all, within all of us, which a lot of people will go to the grave with and never share. Yeah. And I feel that sharing it is, you know, that movement, if we move our body, we can move emotion. Mm -hmm. If we, if we express with words verbally, we can, we can move emotion. Also, we can move things that are within us. And 
uh, and writing as well or sharing in any way, whatever the art form is, that especially I'm just trying to bring it back to this idea of of story, you know, for telling a story. So there is, I'm losing a little bit of track of what, what I was saying originally. About, about being a writer and a story. Okay, so, so, so for me, I have a practice where I record every week. I have a weekly review. So I'm like, what were my top five successes? This is like a template. What changed for me this week? What were my top five successes from this week? What, what did I most enjoy this week? I ask myself questions and then I answer them. And every day I record what were my top three successes today? What, what are my top three priorities? What is my intention? So I'm just continually coming back into what do I want? It is what you mentioned. What do I want it to mean? What do I want the story to mean? What do I want today to mean? I want what is the energy of today? That's my intention. What is my focus for today that is going to get me to my previous attention of this is where I want to go. This is my target. And then I think the successes piece and, and also I include how do they benefit me? Um, so yeah, my success was I got out of bed. Some days it's I got out of bed this morning. I had a shower. It might be simple as that. I, um, I ate some delicious food because I might be feeling low. That might be a massive win for me. And another time it might be I made $20,000 today. I changed a thousand people's lives today. I, I traveled to a new place and had the most blissful, magical experience, whatever. It doesn't matter big or small, but then the benefits of it, it sort of trains me to, to go, okay, this is actually a good thing for me, for my soul likes this. And I find that just writing every day, just a little bit, even it takes me five, 10 minutes to do this, this journaling. Mm -hmm. And I find that at the end of the week that I'm like, I'm writing my successes. And then the, the next day or the next week, I find that I wake up wanting to live an in, in interesting life. I want to be authoring a story that is actually going to be, I know I'm going to be writing about it later. So I don't want to live a boring life. I don't want to live a life that I just kind of lackluster. I don't want to live a life that, that I wouldn't be, I guess, proud or excited or inspired by when I read it back just for my app, for my own self, because I'm only the one who really reads it. So in this way, I find that you continue asking yourself, what is the story that you would like to experience? What is the, because I, I do see myself as a, as a character in this, this experience called life. Yep. And I also see myself as the author of it as well. Yep. Part of me is doing it as the author. And it's, as we were mentioning way earlier uh, in this chat was that oftentimes it's a, so when I set my intention, I'm not going, I intend to do, to be more loving today. My, instead of doing that, I, I say, what is my intention today? And I just wait and listen and feel, and then something will come in and it will be like, well, I thought it might've been love, but actually today's all about rest or today's all about uh, giving value or today's about connecting with family. So whatever is coming through is new to me. And that might change throughout the day as well, but it's like, at least I'm setting that intention and, and opening to what wants to come through in that way. It's just, uh, there's that balance between kind of letting it happen and making it happen. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I don't really know if I had a point there or where I was no, going I think, with that. I think there's, there's something that you, what I heard you say that was really profound is, I think is really important is getting into this receptive state and then out of the receptive state, comes the creative energy comes forward the mm -hmm. intention comes to it the action comes to it 
So another way you can look at it is like feminine and masculine, you know, having having both these energies, you know, the receptive and then out of the receptive energy, there's a direct direction of action that comes forward. And I think, mm -hmm. yeah, one without the other isn't isn't the full package. Balance. Yeah. Going circles anyway, because you can only go on one leg or yeah. one side. One sidedness. Yeah. And one sidedness, actually, now that you say that, one sidedness is a quick route to drop out of flow. One of the fastest ways to drop out of flow is to look at things one sidedly. So the concept of, I believe, like you just said, the, the feminine masculine, it's not like, I have masculine energy and, and female bodied people have female energy or feminine energy. It's like every bodied, everything, not just humans, but everything has a, has both. Yeah. It's like the, the yin yang symbol, existing. you know, you, you always have the other little component, the small in the, in the other one. Right. Yeah. And, and I feel that if you're too much thinking in black or white, either or hot or cold, bad or good, up or down, them them or us, <laughs> you know, like if you're thinking just one or the other, that is a quick way to drop you out, out of flow. So if you're wanting to, to live a life of flow, this is what I've experienced, is to do the best you can to hold both sides of everything at all times. Mm. And that, that for me is love and that for me is life. Like I, I almost think that life and love a synonymous hmm. so it's like uh it's like a state of non-duality right so there's like the, the, the perceived duality but kind of like sort of like recognizing the essence in both polarities both dualities recognizing that the that, that there's a, there's something that transcends the perception of these separate opposites yeah well you can't have one without the other yeah. right one doesn't right. exist right <laughs> you can't have day without night Right. So, and, and, and this is a, a trap that can, that can, we can easily fall into. It's just like, whether it's blame, whether it's, you know, someone doing you wrong, someone, you know, only saying, Oh, that person's such a whatever and whatever. It's like, yeah, but they're also such a, they can also be such a, the opposite of exactly what they are, yeah. uh, you know, or, or if you're pointing it towards yourself, I'm so shy. I'm so, I'm so scared. I'm so fearful. I'm such a bad person. You're also the exact opposite, you know? So yeah. it's like, if we can, if, if you can find something within yourself or a flaw within yourself or within another, instantly find the opposite and you're, you're going to return back to flow pretty quickly. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting point of how people get stuck. We call it like people, a lot of people call it the shadow, you know? So there's a sense of, um, well, I'm, I'm this, I'm this good quality. I'm this, you know, I'm this kind person. I'm this, I'm this sweet guy. I'm gentle. I'm, but I don't want to be these qualities. You know, these qualities are not me. I'm not these qualities that are bad or I'm not these qualities that are sinful or I'm not these qualities that are, and this is, this is like, I think a common, I was talking about this on a previous podcast with a guest. Like this is a common part of the spiritual journey is people are trying to bring in these good qualities, these more spiritual saintly qualities and get rid of these more sinful devilish qualities. Right. But then there's a point on this journey where it's like, if you really recognize the realization of oneness, then it's like all that stuff that you were trying to like 
push out, project onto everyone else. <laughs> you have to integrate that as part of who you are, right? Mm -hmm. and, 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 and come to peace with this aspect, come into a space of love with this aspect of yourself because you are, um, you, everything in the universe is an aspect of you, right? Everything that you experience is an aspect of yourself. So that's the kind of the fun of it is like recognizing all these things that seem so different than you and integrating it and making peace with it. Like, oh, that's a part of me. That's a part of me too. And I think like people may be afraid to like, oh, if I do that, that I'm going to do something really bad. I'm going to hurt people, you know, but it's actually the opposite, right? It's actually like you come into a sense of harmony in yourself because you've integrated and become to peace with these different parts of yourself. That's mm, hundred percent true. I, I understand that fear of not wanting to be the unwanted, the no good aspects of that we see around. And, and this is something that we, we work with, especially with um, all of these kind of tools and these modalities, you know, Vipassana talks about it, it's the equanimity, it's the equilibrious nature of the universe. It's, it's the uh, marriage of the, of the yin and yang. It's the marriage of the feminine and masculine. And in kinesiology, there's, which is what I use a lot in my work as well. And it's, we don't just want to be like, ah, I'm okay with, um, with being loved. You know, if it's cool. Like some people might have a block around, I'm okay with being loved. They're not okay with being loved because love is pain or love is abandonment or whatever it might be. If we can get them clear around being loved using the energetic body, using the meridians. And it's like, okay, cool. Now I'm cool with being loved. And then I'll say to them, uh, can you say the statement, I'm okay with being not loved? And they're like, but I don't want to be okay with not being not loved. You know, they're like, that's, that's not what I want. I'm like, well, if you're not okay with it on some level, you're pushing it away. You're going to attract it into your field because there's this part of you that's not okay with it. And so like, they, so I, want you, it's I want you to put it, I want you to um, talk about that more because I think that's really important what you just said. If you, if you push away not being, uh, being unloved, you actually get more of it. Right. Yeah, that, well, that's it's, the, it's, it's the resistance. Realize. It's the resistance, you know, yeah. it's the resistance, persistence, you know. So I think it's, uh, I can't remember the dude's name. He wrote uh, The War of Art, Pressfield, I think, the, the War of Art. He talks a lot about resistance. And, and anyone can relate to this is that if you've got something that you want to, to do, I don't know, it might be whatever it might be. It might be study, for instance, study for an exam. And the longer you put it off, the more resistance builds up. And, and we all know that the longer it is, the bigger it becomes in our mind, the more it's, it's harder to get started, the longer you wait. And, and this is and also the idea of, um, yeah, it's like focusing on what we don't want will often give us that which we don't want <laughs> you know what we focus on grows absolutely. what we focus on attracts absolutely so this is why I, I i do enjoy complaining a little bit sometimes it feels good but i try not to complain uh you know and try to focus on and be pessimistic and and this kind of stuff because i know that the things that you know if my if my I have a strong belief that my thoughts become real and I don't, you know, it's, it's they're th real things that have an energy that are attracting that. And that, that you were mentioning it earlier about being the vibration, being the embodiment totally. of that, which you'd like to transmit, but also experience. 
And I believe that's because the thoughts are like a transmitter and then we, we they already exist and we just vibrate at the energy and then they, they come to us. So if I'm, if I'm not okay with something on subconscious level, I'm thinking these thoughts, I don't want that, I don't want that, I don't want that. And that's putting out to the universe this is the thing that I'm vibrating at. This is the this is the radio station that I'm tuning into. And that's okay, that's what you want to deliver. The the subconscious mind, the universal mind doesn't understand not. <laughs> it just doesn't understand not. It understands vibration and okay, cool. So not um people who piss me off. All right, people who piss me off, that's all it understands. You know, so there's not a radio station that's like, I don't want channel it's always the channel right there's no such thing as a radio station where you can tune into not station it's always the, tuning into 109 point whatever it is and that's the what you will get yeah i think it's so important what you're saying i think it's 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 like we don't know how it sounds funny but as human beings what i see is like as we're still like thinking if you look at the whole span of human evolution Thinking is pretty new for us. It's like whatever, you know, a few hundred thousand years or something, if it's even that long. Um, so it's like, <laughs> we're, we don't know how to think yet. Like we're still learning how to use, it's like a tool to learn how to use. And like, it, but it's actually not that complicated. It actually comes down to exactly what you just said. It's like, think about what you want. Don't think about what you don't want. Right? right but the way we're at like where the paradigm is right now so much energy is put into thinking about what we don't want what we don't like how this is wrong how this shouldn't be the case and people think that that's they think doing that is pushing that thing away or making it making it go away but it's actually not making it go away it's it's yeah it's amplifying it well you're I, and another analogy or idea that has rung true for me and i've witnessed it and this is what I like to talk from experience. Like I can go, I can say stuff that's like, oh, I've seen that out there. Yeah, I have, but more so I know the things for, that are apparent to me because I've experienced them. And, and I see thoughts as, as things. When I say things, I see them almost as seeds that we're, yeah. that we're planting and, yeah. and we're sowing. So it's thoughts that we're sowing and when we're sowing them and, whether they're conscious thoughts or not, there could be fears, insecurities back of the, you know, under the conscious mind and we're sowing them. And the more, the more either resistance or the more that we, because oftentimes it's overtly focusing on them. We might be reading the newspaper, look at all the fear, look at all the, look at all the pain and suffering in the world. And, you know, we're actually consciously looking at this stuff and sowing seeds and we're, we're putting it into our mind. And, the more thoughts or seeds that we're sowing that are not that which you'd like to experience, they're going to grow. They're going to grow. You're going to experience, you're going to call them into your life. And this is, I feel self-responsibility where self-responsibility comes in and, and self-regulation. And this is what, this is why I'm a massive advocate for mindfulness practice because you don't know. I didn't know I was thinking all these negative right. thoughts before I started practicing exactly. mindfulness. I wasn't aware of them. They were yeah. under my consciousness, my yeah. conscious awareness. So when I practice, I'm like, oh my Lord, there's this story running that I'm shit. I'm terrible. Where the hell are these thoughts coming from? I don't want to think those thoughts. Yeah. Let's, 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 uh, let's take those ones out and let's implant new seeds. Let's get the, pull out the weeds. And that's another important point. If we don't pull out the weeds, 
weeds will just grow. The way the mind works, the way that society is around us, the weeds will naturally grow. And the weeds are the anxiety, the stress, the worry, the concern, the, the insecurity, all that stuff. But if we're planting the, the seeds that we want to sow, the beautiful flowers, the, the fruit trees, the abundant, you know, like beautiful, uh, nourishing kind of plants, then the weeds will take over. So I think it's very important that daily, that regularly we're tilling the garden of the mind with beautiful nutrition, beautiful fertilizers, beautiful healthy water. You know, this is this is all of the practices that we're talking about. Totally. Yeah, and it, to it totally gets back to the thing of story creation, you know? It's like, yeah, it's like, and, and it's, it's just an amazing realization when you realize that the power that we have in ourselves to... Um. Yeah, to create what we're experiencing. I I call it cu curating our own experience. So it's like consciously curating our experience. Mm -hmm. You know that that power is fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's it's powerful. It's fun, and it's uh, it's always happening. Do, do, is this something that you believe that? Yeah. It's it's always happening, whether you like it or not. You can't get away from it. Yeah. Yeah, I, mm. I do. I think I think it's happening. It's like it, it's like are we conscious or unconscious, right? Are we aware or unaware? So if we're conscious, then we're consciously co-creating the moment. And if we're unconscious, then it's like it feels like it's happening to us or it's being done, you know, to us. And that's I think as human beings, like we're awakening to realizing that we're, we are one with the universal creative intelligence, you know, we're one with, with God, you know, we're one with this, with this, um, this energy that's moving all things. And that's like, that's what's, it's really exciting. And you try to tap into that, then you're in the flow state. And then you realize like why you're here, right? It's like, you're talking about how, how it's fun, but it's like, there's a sense of like, oh, this is, this is like, like, there's no better feeling in the world than like living a line on purpose, like in the zone, in the flow, whatever term you want to use. Like, that's, that's, that's when you realize this is why I'm alive, you know, to be, to be tapped in like this. Yeah. That's when the enthusiasm taps in. I, tapping into that as well, I feel like I've, I've got maybe one or, one or two more questions, but this concept of determinism versus free will. Right. So, so like is it is there a pre-plan or is it is there an actual choice like yeah what's your understanding of, of of those two pieces so um i don't know if there's like you know this is the absolute truth or this one's absolute truth i could just say what's how it feels for me right what my perspective yeah, is that's what i'm asking and there's like a lot of there's some friends of mine that are really smart people that are into the determinism thing but that's not the way it shows up for me for me, it's like, there's a like total unknown, like any, there's an infinite potential of what can happen in this moment. And then this moment comes into being, you know, then it's like infinite potential can happen in this moment. So it comes into being infinite potential. So it comes into being. So it's like every moment is created, you know? So I see it like the opposite for me. There's nothing, there's nothing that's determined at all. It's like just every moment is just infinite potential. In the moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's there's a there's a thought hole, <laughs> rabbit hole right there. Yeah, <laughs> it's like is there a reality where this you know there was a different answer to that question. 
Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a fun flow. Well, this is a uh, this has been fun. This has been fun. I'm glad we made it happen. So good, so good. Yeah, I don't know what's like after midnight here, but uh, we we've been talking about this for a long time. And I appreciate uh, it. I love that. It's like it's one thing to like talk about. I love talking about flow while being in a flow together. You know. Yeah. Meta, super meta. Yeah, yeah. So um, we talked about doing two of these. So this will be the first one, and then we'll just schedule a, a second one. We could do it on Zoom or however you want to arrange the, the second one. But I, I yeah. really, I really enjoy talking to you. I love it. So. Yeah, likewise, man. Likewise, let's jam again. Let's yeah. jam again, and uh, yeah, maybe we do it on Zoom, and uh, and we can put it up on the on the podcast as well. The the Living Life in the Flow Zone podcast. Yeah, let's cool. do that. Let's let's do it there and put it up on the podcast. I'll put this one up on my podcast and I'll Beautiful. put it out put it to people and we'll keep flowing. We'll keep on flowing and um let's get you over here. Yes. Yeah, uh, we've got yeah. the event ne- next October definitely, but possibly before then too. Okay. I'll I'll, I'll actually be in uh, in the states before then. When are you going to be in the states? I'm uh, going to be in Greece, I think, September, uh-huh. and then make my way over to the States and to Jamaica uh, between September and October, and then coming back here for the end, for the beginning of October for the Ahamsa event. Cool. Yeah, we'll make it happen. Thank there you, Christopher. You Thank you, Tracy. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody, if, for um, all your comments and support. Thanks for having me on, brother. And uh, get some sleep if you if you can. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. If you're not too buzzing on the flow. Yeah. All right, Zulu. Have a great day. Appreciate it. And uh, see you soon. All right. All right. That was awesome. Thank you all for being here. Uh, This will go out. I'll get this out on uh, for replay on YouTube and. SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts and all the great spots. Hey, Paul. Thanks for being here. Thank y'all. Love y'all. See you next now.